Hi, it's Tony Kornheiser. The podcast is coming up in just a moment, but the sales weasels have got some sponsorships up front. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. You respect the fact that she has passed on, and in passing, you remark of of her obvious fantastic. She won the Nobel Prize. Yeah. Come on. It's pretty good. Yeah. You know... I'm just reading this. Apparently, her father and his brother, when they immigrated to the United States, invented the X-Acto knife. Really? <laughs> wow. Everybody's got an X-Acto knife. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Chris is with us today. Hello. I'm very happy to see Chris. Chris is the author of Power Players. Oh, How's yeah. the book doing? You've been on tour. I, I was just in Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, doing an event, uh, which was the Six Bridges Book Festival, which I will admit I had never heard of before, but was okay. it was lovely. Skip Rutherford, who is the dean of the Clinton School at the University of Arkansas for many, many years and was a Clinton uh, person, uh, interviewed me. It was great. And what was really cool was after me on the, I was at 6.30 on a Thursday night, after me was David Gran who's written Killers of the Flower Moon, which is about which is to the become movie. the Scorsese movie, or right. is the Scorsese movie, and is also written The Wager, which was like an immediate number one New York Times bestseller. Luke Russert-like, I would say, in yeah. terms of its ascension up the, the charts. And he was lovely and wonderful. He works in New Yorker, and he, he and I knew each other a little bit, but I got to see him in person, so it was great. It was 98 degrees both days that I was in Little Rock. Just really unpleasant. Have you have you enjoyed the travel that comes with when you try to hustle a book? Because people will have you. They'll host you. They'll help you sell your book. Have you enjoyed that? Where in places you've been? No, I haven't enjoyed oh. it. But it's that's because of me. I've enjoyed all the events I've done. I'm just a really bad traveler. I'm not a great traveler. I right. worry. I I I'm anxious. Right. All the things that you fret. All the things that de- I deal with in my regular life. I also deal with when I travel. The events have been great. People, yes, people have been overwhelmingly nice. I'm actually doing a thing. I have to get it back on the books, but I'm actually doing a thing at Browse About Books. In oh, Rome. wonderful. Yeah. When? Uh, it was supposed to be in October. I think it will be a little later, maybe early next year. I actually put, we were going to do it in the spring and I actually put it off. So I need to get back with them on that. But yeah, people have been, one really nice thing about it is people are, to your point, people are very willing to sort of host an event, do a little book party. Uh, yeah, and they'll you know, sell and, books for and you. you. And you do. And I will tell you at the event in Little Rock, it is remarkable. You know this, but I'm going to tell you it again because I think it's affirming. There were 20 people in line for me to sign a book afterward and, yeah. and, and talk to them. And minimum 10, might have been more, were podcast listeners. Really? Yes. Uh, a couple had driven four hours Wow! To come to the 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 reading, which was really that's fantastic, really nice, and I do think, and I'm being a hundred percent genuine here, speaks to the sort of loyalty and community you have built, which I am amazed by everywhere I go. I know every time we have Kirchin on or whoever on, and they always say people come up to me all the time. It is it is a hundred percent true. I don't know don't know how that happened, but I think that that's. A lovely thing. I do. I, I have a new definition. I thought of this this morning of what a best-selling book is. Because I never had a best-selling book. I had four different books. And, you know, they didn't, you know, they sold a little, but they're not best-sellers. 
by as defined by being on some list. But I felt if you did your best to write that book, and then you sold one. <laughs> That's that was a best. I like that definition. I did, I I did, did my okay. best. I did my okay. <laughs> I did my Gave it a best. decent effort. Um, are we going to do the Toy Hall of Fame? Yeah, you I think we should. Do that. I think we should. Do, we waited for you. I'm to do really the toy excited Hall of Fame. about this. Let's I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Do you want me to go through? I'll go through the nominees. Um, first one up. Drum roll or no? no. I just we'll, we'll roll right into it. <laughs> Baseball cards. Okay. Is that considered a toy? I wouldn't have considered those oh. a toy. Those are collectibles. It's a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. A lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Right. Lifestyle. Yeah. Totally. I wouldn't put that in. Battleship. The game Battleship. Mm. That's an old favorite. A lot okay. of people. Love that game. Okay. B5. You sunk, you sunk my battleship. Yeah. There you right. go. Speaking of B5, bingo. Feels like bingo should have been in the oh. inaugural class, right? Yeah. That seems like an oversight. It really yeah. does. What happened to bingo? <laughs> I mean, really. maybe they just forgot. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, it feels. I mean, there's, says, there's not a VFW hall in the United States of America that's not playing bingo. That yeah. hasn't had in its lifetime bingo addicts and being there three days a week. Sure, and this is sure. a long term. I used to go to bingo with my mom. Really, I used to go to bingo with my mom. Yeah. It's, it says here, American bingo is descended from a lottery game that first played in Italy around 1530. So it's got some history behind my yeah. people invented bingo there you yeah. go this next one i'm not familiar with michael as a newer toy uh debuted in 1996 called bop it are you familiar with this yeah, twist it bop yeah it. bop Spin it. it yeah yeah uh, uh, bop it no, it's, it's like a, a series of it maneuvers like. that gets faster it's not and harder bop as you it's not as you lorraine bop it. <laughs> it's not named after no, lorraine that's bop not going it. in the toy hall of fame <laughs> no, no. okay uh cabbage patch kids and they were a big deal for a yes for a little while for a little while, yes. Yeah. I'm my. I remember in the mid 1980s, they were the biggest thing one Cabbage one pack. Christmas, and my mom, I believe, waited in a three plus hour line to get one for me. Wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You yep. still have it? I mean, I sleep with it every night. <laughs> yeah. Does that surprise you? <laughs> what else? Not at all. Uh, choose your own adventure books. Now, I remember when these came out, it was, it was oh, great. Yeah. So, like, if you would like to do this, you go this and you go to page 65. If you choose this path, you go to page 50. Yeah, and you, you jumped around in the book. So it would be like an evil orc approaches. Right. You know, yeah. do, do you fight it? Page 60. Do you yeah. run? Page 20. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So you jump around but, in the and book. It's, it teed up the essential question. Would you look to the end of a book before you got there? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. you'd always start backwards and figure out which adventure you want. <laughs> I loved those books. Yeah, they really were great. Connect four. Remember this one? No. This is this is what it looks like? No. Okay. So that's a no vote for Bingo you. Bingo is what I remember. Ken? Ken as Ken and Barbie? Ken? Yeah. Ken solo on his own. Big year for Ken. Yeah, Big got year his own for song. Ken. Big year. Yeah. Do yeah. you think Ken should get in? I don't think of Ken as a toy, I guess. But well, you think I, I mean, of Barbie? I think of Barbie. I mean, I guess it's the same. I was just not it. That was not my world. Are dolls, I was not, dolls are in? Dolls are in. Dolls, I yeah. guess, are a toy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cabbage Patch Kids, that's a doll, yeah. isn't it? It's an investment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> investment. Little t- I, you know what? Ken not being in to this point is a tremendous insult. It's a slight. Ken. Didn't we go through this with Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy? Yeah, you got to. I think you got to put them in as a, as a group, don't you? Yeah, it's like Sonny and Cher. Right. Yeah. Ken, I mean, I don't know that when you put Barbie in, I don't know that you put Ken in, but you have Ken at the ceremony. Yes, Ken gives, a, Ken gives a Ken gives us one of the induction speeches. That seems fair. Sure. You can't ignore Ken. No, but I don't know. It's like 
The Beatles go in. Does Ringo go in on his own? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Go ahead. Uh, Little Tyke's Cozy Coupe. I don't know what that is. Is it a car? It's the OG car. Oh, yes. that. For people not watching on News Channel 8, it's it's the car... That's like all hard plastic with a red bottom and a yellow top. Eventually, it ends up as a coupe without the top when it goes when it gets dropped off at the playground for communal use. Okay, <laughs> just leave and your and your sixteenth month old just sits there lifting the trunk up and down, oh, or the gas the the Nightmare. gas uh, Nerf toys. We think Nerf toys should probably be in there, right? Yeah, I would think everyone loves a Nerf. The promise. These are all nominations. These are all nominees. Yeah, how like could 20, some of these not three, be in? Three get in. Uh, slime also. No, no. Go back to Nerf guns. You know. Okay. All like the legal action against Burger King for a Whopper not looking like what it's de- depicted as in the commercials. The commercials for Nerf oh guns. My God. Oh, yeah, the promise misleading. of a Nerf war was tremendous. Yep. And then the setup just left, you know, there was no real follow-up. Yeah. yeah. Nerf you can shoot just, it a mile. Isn't yes. Nerf just sort of soft, fuzzy stuff? I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah but like they, they, they make solid. footballs and basketballs. Right. Now, the football, and... I would say, is a different toy. Yes, the football has to already be in. That is legendary. When they show your a quarterback eats, throwing it out of the stadium. half of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, slime. I think we've, we've talked about that. Yeah, I don't know. Not really passionate about that. And the final nominee was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hmm. I, that, that weren't those huge, huge. in the way that yes. Cabbage yeah, Patch was huge? A couple of movies. Imagine yes. uh, yes. more than a couple of movies. Bigger. Yes. Yeah. I'm Bigger. sort of surprised that yeah. I got in. And Named then, after uh, uh, Italian Renaissance painters. Oh, that's right. They yep. all are. Yeah. Um, like Leonardo, yeah. Raphael, yep. things like that. Michelangelo. Yep. Michelangelo. What was oh. your favorite weapon? The staff? Uh, no, Numb the nunchucks. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now, we got this from Carl in Oswego, uh, who says there's also Forgotten Five. These are toys that have been frequently nominated but never made the cut, like, as he says, Dwight Evans or Dale Murphy. Is this like the Veterans Committee? Yes. The okay. choices this year, uh, one of these five will get in. So, no, they've established a Veterans Committee, like at, at Cooperstown. Yes. To sort of undo the damage yes. by not putting these things in for long periods of time. Yeah, trying to rectify. I hope sand is not part of this. <laughs> no, I think sand's in. Yeah. I think sand's yeah. in. Okay. So these are the ones. The pogo stick. I, I would imagine. Classic. That, yes. The Fisher-Price corn popper. Well, I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, yeah. like a little that's the thing that you, you, it's like a little Does it bubble. Does actually and you, make? No, that would no, be terrific. Would be, it makes the noise. It's super annoying. Okay, you roll annoying. it and it makes a popping and noise. And the worst is your kid gets back to it years later. Oh, so no, awful. No. Uh, now let's, My Little Pony. I remember this was a My Little a couple years. Pony. Yeah, I, I would be okay if this never sold the inside. Yeah, the My Little Pony to me is like. They're back. One eight seven seven cars for kids. Cars for kids. You just want to smash your head through the television set. Yes, that's that's my reaction to My Little Pony. Donate your car today. Yes. that will be. That's all there are. No, there's two more. Pez dispensers. That doesn't feel like a toy. That is a toy. No, that's candy. Pez dispenser. Do you remember Mini M and M's when they came in the tube? That became a toy. Yeah, I remember that. I, yes. I, no, Pez, I, Pez is important and should be in the Candy Hall of Fame. Right, but not toy. Not in the Toy Hall of Fame. And Transformers. You know, these, they've also yeah, had... That's too young for me. I, I'm, that's, like the I'm Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, lots of movies. I think if you have right, to have just there's, one, there's I would put the, the Pogo Stick Pogo in. Stick is Pogo a classic. Yeah, Pogo yeah. Stick needs to go in. So, yeah. But who votes on these things? Are they old people? Can I get I on think, that committee? I think Bud Selig is on that committee. I'd like to get on that committee. Yes. So that's from Carl and Oswego? Yes, yes. He was okay. giving us an update That's on a long list for only three making it in. Well, this is serious business, you know? I would like to know who decides on that. I mean, those people have 
power they hold in their hands. <laughs> Isn't that in Rochester, New York? It is. Isn't the Toy Hall of Fame in Rochester, New York? Yeah, I'll look at the exact location. So then somebody from Rochester, Mark Tui is from Rochester. I wonder if he votes. He should have some this. influence. Yeah. This is, that's very weird. Now let me read one letter and we'll get out of here. This is from Dave Spector at Bell's Up Winery in Willamette, damn it. I spent the last month up to my eyeballs in Harvest, but when I heard the great Dan Byrne was coming to Portland, well, attention must be paid. So on Friday night, I braved the misty organ drizzle and headed downtown to the venue, an old church that's been converted into a small concert hall called, oddly enough, the Old Church. After a very nice opening act, Dan and his band came out and played a fantastic 75-minute set featuring some of his classics and a good amount of new material, too. I scanned the eclectic and very enthusiastic crowd and realized I was almost certainly the only little in the place, so I didn't feel it appropriate to give him a hearty lachiserie during the set. But after the show was over, Dan stayed in the rear of the hall to greet the audience, and that's when I decided to introduce myself and thank him for all his jingles and especially the Lamet Dammit references. Without missing a beat... Dan smiled and went to grab his guitar. And when he came back, he had me do a duet of Victor Wembanyama oh. with him. <laughs> How did no you doubt, remember the lyrics? No doubt he and I <laughs> were the only people in the building who had a clue what was going on, which made it all the more thrilling. I only wish I had someone there to video that moment. Andy Lukic can eat it. I was at least able to get a picture of the two of us, which I've attached for the News Channel 8 audience. Dan, thank you once again for a wonderful evening, fantastic music, and great memories. See you next time. Isn't that nice? It's very lovely. That's really nice. Lovely. I mean, Dan Byrne is a working musician. Yeah, he is. You know, so. By the way, Toy Hall of Fame is indeed in Rochester. If we leave now, we can get there in just under seven hours. Okay. That's the moment. I drive. Wrap the show up. I know. I know. Yeah, you probably probably know the route very well. I do. Yes. You know, it's right on, it's on one of those lakes, on one of the great lakes. Ontario. And it gets killed in snow. Oh, I would think. Like Buffalo style? Oh, yes. Lake effect. It gets killed in snow. It really does. All right. Uh, so we will take a break and we'll have Chuck Todd when we return. That's right. Chuck Todd's very hot. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Tony Kornheiser Show. This song is going to play in Chuck Todd. I want Chuck to listen to this as well. This is a song called If He's Ever Near. And you may recognize this voice. It's conceivable that you recognize this voice. I certainly recognize the name. This is Carla Bonoff, who is still working. And Michael Granberry, our dear friend, writes, I'm one of those people who has long preferred hearing songwriters sing their own songs. Okay, covers are great, but in the case of Carla Bonoff, I love hearing Carla sing her songs, which are greatly complimented by Carla's own beautiful voice. It is true, however, that Carla does have a remarkable history when it comes to covers. 
Carla wrote three songs that appeared on Linda Ronstadt's album, Hasten Down the Wind, which became Ronstadt's third straight million-selling album, making her the first female artist to accomplish such a feat. Linda and Carla were part of the renowned Southern California music scene in the 1970s, when songwriters such as Carla performed at the Troubadour, whose magical moment helped elevate the careers of Jackson Brown, James Taylor, Carol King, Elton John, Joni Mitchell, and the guys who became the Eagles. I'm happy to report, Michael writes, that Carla is still making beautiful music, singing her own songs and traveling all over the country. She begins a national tour on October 26th in Rockport, Massachusetts, that will take her to 10 states before it's done. Happily, I'll be seeing Carla when she comes to North Texas in late January, when I and so many others will get the pleasure of hearing Carla sing her own songs. She has given permission for us to play her songs. I, I mean, this is this is a rare treat for me. I am old enough to know the oeuvre of Carla Bonoff. Chuck, is that, you're far younger. Do you know that name, Carla Bonoff? I know it a little bit, but the minute you said Linda Ronstadt, that was like, that's exactly what I feel like I'm listening to. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that was just, that's the biggest Let's let's. You've had a lot of. In, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Hot Pink Kang. Don't get me wrong. I've actually downloaded their music. I love them. Yeah, Hot Pink Kang. This might be the biggest. This might be the biggest artist you've ever. We've had, had the Oak Ridge Boys. Yep. Who I think that's you know right. are big, but Carla Bonoff is is big deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. Okay, I have to read something because we all sell out for gambling. <laughs> this week's <laughs> picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. You had to wait until Monday night, but you won that game. Jeff Ma lost that game. That was a two and a half, and that was a tricky game, um, the Chargers and, and the Cowboys. So you went four and three. You're killing it, 27-14-1. You're having a Carville year. Carville's I'm not young. having a Carville year. You are having a Carville year. Do you want to gloat for a while? Yeah, I, I, we're not even halfway through the season. Okay. So I will, uh, I will be a little bit careful here. I, you know, I don't have all the votes yet. Okay, all right. Well, we'll go up to the board and go county by county at some point and see what's yeah. going on. <laughs> you and Jim Jordan, you don't have all the votes yet. Maybe if we you put on a vote. jacket. Um, yeah. So the first game, Jacksonville at New Orleans. Jacksonville plus one. This is the Thursday night game. I have no information here, but does this have to do with whether or not Trevor Lawrence is healthy? Because Jacksonville at New- Jacksonville shouldn't be getting points at New Orleans to me. And I, I guess it has to do with that, but there's one other thing that's sort of hanging over my head on this game, and that is the London hangover, right? So yes. they, they did two weeks in London, then they played at home. Now they got to play Thursday. That just feels that just feels like oh. a, a lot of okay. Uh, that just feels like a lot of impact on those players. So I'm a little. I wonder if that has something to do with it too. You have a little bit of that uh, as well. I don't. Because you're right, it looks like a it looks like a rat line. You're like, what's that about? Why are they? You know, the better team is the underdog. So will I, you I will you be seduced and take New Orleans? I'm going to take the Saints. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm taking the because they're also home team on Thursday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Cleveland is at Indianapolis. Indianapolis does not have Anthony Richardson and is not going to have Anthony Richardson. They have Gardner Minshew who, except for last Sunday, had done very well backing him up. Cleveland is minus two. Cleveland doesn't have much offense, but they've got a very sturdy defense, as you saw against mm-hmm. San Francisco. Cleveland minus two at Indy. Is Garner Minshew better when he comes off the bench in the game? I think so. I think right? so. Like, yeah. You know, when I was, when I was like, we had a, we had a 
two quarterback system for the Dolphins in the early 80s called Woodstrock. Yeah, Don Strock, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Don Strock and David Woodley. Whichever quarterback started stunk. Yeah. (laughs) And then you'd bring bring in the other guy, and he'd have an amazing game. And and neither one could handle starting. Uh, Boy, Cleveland feels like a hangover game, right? It does to Um, me. After beating San Francisco. But I have no faith in Indianapolis. I'm not. I'm with you. That's, That's my issue with Minshew. I, I'm I'm going to take Indiana. This is uh, it's at Indianapolis, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, and that so you have a young quarterback starting on the road. Give me give me Indianapolis. Take Indianapolis. If I had to bet on this game, I'd bet the under on this game. Yeah, you know, I just oh, yeah. wouldn't have faith in him scoring. Well, it's indoors, though. Yes, but, but I you know I don't think either team has any sort of an offense. Detroit is plus three at Baltimore. Detroit is five and one. They go to Baltimore. Yes, it's outdoors, but it's not snowy. Baltimore has had disappointing that that Pittsburgh game. They look like garbage in that game. And Detroit mm-hmm. is five and one. If Detroit wins this game, there will be no more doubting of Detroit. This is still yeah. we are still in the doubting season with Detroit. What will you do, Chuck? What is it? They're five and one. I think they've been underdogs in more games than favorites. They on the road. They're three and zero on the road yeah. at Kansas City, at Green Bay, at Tampa Bay, and they've won their last four games by fourteen yeah. or more. I mean, if you didn't know that they were the worst, you know, Super Bowl franchise like since the right. merger, they're the worst. They have one playoff win since nineteen fifty-seven. Only one NFC title game, right? Yes. Like, the Cleveland Browns have made the AFC title game multiple times. Yes. Even though they never got a Super Bowl. But Detroit, I think, only that one time against Washington, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I I like Detroit here, and I'm, I also think there's a London factor here uh, with the Ravens. They took no break after that. You get a choice whether you can – I think that when you when you have to do a London game, if you want your bye, you can take it. I think Tennessee took its bye. And they did not. No. And Baltimore didn't. So – that to me, you know, another. If you're looking for an outside reason, um, uh, another reason to take Detroit. So give me Detroit. Okay. Pittsburgh is plus three at the Rams. Uh, Pittsburgh will have more fans there than the Los Angeles Rams because Pittsburgh travels well. Pittsburgh had a really good win again that Baltimore game at home for Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has trouble scoring. The Rams. They won the Super Bowl two years ago. They were terrible last year. They got Cooper Cup back. They're not, they're not a good team. They're not a good team. But I, I don't know what I would do in this one. Who do you like? How, is, does, Pittsburgh, how does Pittsburgh have the wins that they have? <laughs> I, they it don't is score. remarkable. They don't score. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. Mike Tomlin. Uh, you just know his, his teams will compete. I, I kind yeah, of but like he's, not, he's not coaching against an empty suit this week. No, you know, exactly. Sean McVay's good. Then, yeah, you know, I, I hear you on the Rams, but they're 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 kind of playing like the Steelers. You don't know how they're winning games, but they've won some games. Yeah, a couple one score away from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rams here. Okay. I, I just I don't buy Pickett. I don't see no, it. I don't get do I. it. And, and and they have no running game. It, it, it's remarkable to me they score points. I agree. I don't see their offense at all. Uh, the Chargers who just lost to Dallas at home, are on the road against Kansas City. These are allegedly the best two teams in that division. And it is true that Kansas City doesn't win by a lot. They don't care about covering. 
But the Chargers stink. Um, maybe you see this as a bounce-back game. Maybe this is yeah. Justin Herbert having that one good game. But it, you're getting five and a half if you take the Chargers. Yeah, that's too many points. This is three-point game written all over it, doesn't it? I mean, for all the reasons you just said about Kansas City. Yeah, they don't they care. Don't, they, they, don't care. Care they don't care about that stuff. They'll do whatever. They'll do just enough to win, just enough to win the contest. They're like Juan Marichal in the old days with yeah. the Giants, who, who when given a four-run lead, would win 4-3. Just yeah. enough to win. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what he would do. So. And this, is a, you know, this, this game is always close. Yes. This, this Chargers-Chiefs game. So and I, I hopefully it's entertaining. I thought the Chargers Cowboys would be more entertaining. Turned out not to be as entertaining. I thought we'd get a little shoot outage. Yeah. We could get that here. Okay. We could still get that here. Miami, which has a great offense, except when they're playing a great team, and it's always that caveat is important, is up against a really good team. They're in Philadelphia. Miami at Philadelphia. Miami is getting two. This is a feature game, obviously. Who do you like in this one? Philadelphia just yeah. lost. Just lost. By the way, that two point, you're basically, if you're taking Miami, you believe in they win. Yeah, because two doesn't help you. Two doesn't really help you. So this is one of those cases. If you want to bet Miami, you ought to just bet the money line. Um, but you pointed out an important thing. It does feel like when when Miami steps up in class on defense, they, uh, you know, yes, Tyreek Hill, nobody can cover Tyreek Hill, no. but they seem to be able to cover everybody else on the, on that team. I'm going with the Eagles. Uh, you know, you you think they're going to lose? It's hard to imagine them losing two in a row. I agree with that. I agree with that. I, the, and this is for all the reasons you just said. Bounce back, Dolphins yeah. facing a real defense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like, I believed that Philadelphia and San Francisco would lose a couple of games to teams where you go, and really? And you called it. Yeah, where you go, you, really? You, you, but they're you, not going to lose to Miami. They're not. You sort of, you, you called your shot this week. Yeah, well. Didn't you? Yeah, but I'm I'm so often wrong that when I'm right, I probably shouldn't <laughs> brag quite as much as I do. One more game. Uh, Washington's favored at the New York Giants. The New York Giants look terrible, but this is a division game, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I, I, I have no particular, me personally, no particular faith in Washington at the Giants, and they're a two-point favorite. Who do you like? By the way, Brian Dayball yeah. coaching against his former team. Last week, right? Yes. Maybe that explains why. Yes. Why it was. Uh, why it was such a tight game with Buffalo. Uh, I, I, that felt a little last garage there a little bit. Brian Dayball's going from penthouse to outhouse. Mm-hmm. He is. He is. Yeah. Oh. How do, how does it? Man, the New York Tabloids. Can you? A friend of mine is a huge Yankee fan. Loves. He always listens to his sports radio to get his fix. And he said in August, right, Mets and Yankees, they were terrible. Yeah. And he said all New York sports radio is going, that's okay. Just wait till the start of football season. It's going to be great. Yeah. The Giants are going to be great and the Jets are going to be great. No, not exactly. New York sports radio. Not exactly. I, you know, I never get the Washington team right. Uh, I'm here to mislead Reginald here. <laughs> this is our PC game. I really think all of the Washington games, this is the feces game. You just want to throw stuff at the wall. <laughs> Reginald certainly does. Yeah. Who are you taking? Washington. Okay. Uh, okay. So you think they'll win outright, obviously. Well, it's minus two, so yeah. You think they'll win by more than a field goal. That game, this game has, you know, yeah, you're right. It has. You're not going to want to watch it. Terrible all written all over it. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Chuck. Bye, Chuck's Chuck. having a great year.
Thank 27, 14, and 1. If we just gave you Chuck Todd, that'd be more than enough. But we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant. Tap, Everybody tap, sing along on the chorus. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the vice, vice, too. Sometimes he throws boo, a poo, poo, poo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. It's not been a good year for Reginald. No, he's one and two every week. He's five and thirteen. He yes. stinks. Yes, he's, he's consistent. He should be relegated. Yeah, he is concerned he about the pandas. He should go to the Waffle House or something. He should <laughs> right. be relegated. It's no good. So I went down to the zoo. I was directed to a different location. I went up to Capitol Hills. We might suspect he was in a back room filled with smoke, trying to broker a deal for the new Speaker of House. I have. Found out there's three names that's been narrowed down to. The socialite, Alan Bubis. That would be great. He's on that list. Former Washington quarterback, John Beck. Just getting better Get every, every time. <laughs> gets right. better. And singer-dancer, Charo. So Charo. one of those three, I am told confidently, will be the new speaker. Uh, because Chuck is here. Uh, because Chuck is here. <laughs> because Chris is here. Do I have this right that you don't even have to be a member of Congress? Absolutely not. So anybody could... We are in the running right yes. now. We are in the mix. How well, can... not Nigel, obviously. <laughs> How the can rest that of us be? are in the running. How can that and be? It's a quirk of the system. You <laughs> don't... No, it's never, Has ever... it's never Nobody... happened. Right. No, it's never... And it probably will never happen because the members of Congress are not going to give it to someone who is not a member of Congress. But no, you do not have to be. It's so, so weird. The socialite is actually an intriguing pick that I will float on... on Formerly Twitter, now known as X. Knows how to bring so two weird. sides together. So weird. Okay. As does Charo. Genial. Yes. yes. Right. So, uh, so the first match we gave him was the Browns giving two at the Colts. And Reginald showed me a lovely photograph of him on safari with Joe Charbonneau, Hanford Dixon, and Craig Elo. Fabulous. So that Great. tells me he's, he's got ties Cleveland. to Cleveland. Yeah, and lay the two. Now, the next match we gave him was Kansas City at home giving five and a half to the Chargers. And uh, this was another lovely photograph of him in a hot air balloon with UL Washington, Willie Wilson, <laughs> and Christian Okoye. So he's going Kansas City. That tells me he's going to take the Kansas Nigerian City. Nigerian right nightmare. Yeah. Yes, yes. Christian Okoye. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, the last match we gave him, of course, was uh, the Washington football team. He loses team. every week. Every single week. <laughs> he loses now he, every week. So... Yeah, whatever I say right now that Reginald Pick is, you should bet the exact opposite. That's the way this goes. But he showed me, uh, and this must be from a while ago, a photograph of him eating dinner at Petty Bones okay. in Roslyn with Jay Schrader, Clint Didier, and he Jim Lachey. He picks Washington every week and loses every week, one Even, form or another. Yes, he it does. It just doesn't work for him. It really doesn't. All right, that's wonderful. <laughs> This week's picks with Chuck Todd and Reginald have been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. I'm reading that very well, I think. You are. I will take a break. Tim Kirchin, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, sent to us by Michael Granberry. These are songs by Carla Bonoff. It's th- thrilling, really. This is called Home. This song was covered by, among others, Bonnie Raitt. And the first song we had, If He's Ever Near, was covered by Linda Ronstadt. And now Carla Bonoff, late in her career, is doing her own songs, much like Carole King. Yeah. Late in her career, doing her own songs. It's, it's really lovely. Michael, if people like Carla Bonoff want to send us their original <laughs> music, which would be so flattering, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. And it plays in Tim Kirchin. We are uh, 2-0 in both playoff series. 2-0. 
we have the Texas series that Tim is covering. That goes tonight. Game three goes tonight. And what's exciting about it for me, and actually for every baseball fan, is is Max Scherzer is going to start. And we'll get to Max Scherzer, obviously. But watching these two series, and Philadelphia is killing Arizona. They really are. Whereas Texas is holding on against Houston. Does anything in either series particularly surprise you, Tim? Well, I'm surprised the Rangers are this good, Tony. Keep in mind, they played poorly in late September and lost the division and then had to fly 5,500 miles across the country uh, on no sleep from Seattle to play to start the wild card round. And they look like a team that we're not sure how much gas they've got left. And now they've won seven games in a row, six of them on the road. And the big surprise, Tony, has been their bullpen. We were told all along correctly that their bullpen is a roulette wheel. It is not going to last. And yet, so far, it has. That's been the biggest surprise. We knew they had an elite defense. We knew they scored more runs than any team in the American League. But their starting pitching has been better than we thought, and their bullpen has been way better than we thought. So I thought in the second game, the game where they got out 4 nothing, and then it was 5-1 by the third inning, and then Houston chipped away. When LeClerc was out there in the ninth, and two of those outs were warning track outs, I mean, you just said to yourself, wow, Houston's going to win this game. But that's, I mean, that's how you win in the playoffs. You, you win because your bullpen shows up. So that's shocking, right? It, it is shocking. And the bullpen showed up in multiple other times in this postseason, Tony. They won seven in a row. They deserve every bit of it. But in four of those wins, I wondered, are they going to be able to hold on and win this game? And they did each time. So I'm not sure where that magic is coming from. But maybe it's manager Bruce Bochy who has done a masterful job uh, of managing that team. Walks in with three World Series championships, 2,000 wins. The whole team changed. And, Tony, this is the most important thing. Chris Young, the Princeton graduate, who's like the smartest guy I've ever met in baseball, but also pitched 12 years in the major league. He handed the team over to the manager and said, you manage the team. You watch the games and manage the team. And they've allowed him to do that. And not a lot of managers out there are allowed to do that. I will point out, well, not a lot of managers are going to the Hall of Fame like Bochy is either, or Dusty Baker. But I will point out that Houston is a much better road team than a home team. I believe they were 53-30 and so far this year on the road. They are now on the road. They can't win the series in Texas in a 2-3-2, but they can win a bunch of games in Texas is do you think that Texas's two nothing lead is sustainable? I think I note my hesitation. I think the Rangers are gonna win this series, but I think the Astros are gonna are gonna get back in this very quickly because I think they have no other choice and you're right. They're a much better team mm-hmm. on the road this year than they are at home. But a few things have to happen. First, Kyle Tucker, who's gonna finish in the top five in the MVP voting had better get it going here because he has had a really slow uh, postseason. He hasn't hit the ball at all. And Jose Altuve, as great as he is and as great as he's been, he needs to really get it going also because he, you know, he hasn't been as great as we're used to seeing him in the postseason. So if those guys get going, 
guy they have pitching tonight, Christian Javier, has a great postseason resume. So I think they get back in this series, but I think the Rangers, with a 2 nothing lead, um, are eventually going to win this series. If you think they get back in the series, they have to get back in tonight. Max Scherzer, this is the most interesting thing in the series so far. Max Scherzer hasn't pitched in a couple of months, is taking the ball tonight and going out on the mound. Um, what do you expect from Scherzer? Well, it's hard to tell, Tony. He hadn't pitched since September the 12th. I've had several long chats with him about where he is and what he's trying to do. And his eyes lit up, you know, 10 days ago when he said, I turned the corner today. And that gave him hope that he could pitch in the postseason. Then he threw a simulated game the other day, and he told me he threw 69 pitches. He said the 65th pitch I threw as hard as I could. I threw it exactly where I wanted, and there was no issue after that. And he said, now I'm ready. So he's going to have 85 to 90 pitch limit is my guess tonight. When I say limit, they're not going to take him out, but I think that's all his arm is going to be able to take because he has such a violent delivery and everything else. So if he can can throw 85, 90 pitches today, uh, that will put the Rangers in good shape. Of those 85 to 90 pitches, how many home runs do you think are going yeah. out? You know, I mean, well, that, he yields yeah. home runs. He, he, I love him. He yields home runs. Yeah. Everyone gives up homers these days, Tony. This is how the game works. If you out-homer your opponent in the postseason game, you almost always win. So if he can keep that slider down and keep it in the ballpark, then he's got a chance to be really good. But it's a crapshoot still. September 12th. Is, is a long time to, yeah. to be out and then come back and make, you know, the biggest start of the season for a team. Yeah, thank you for mentioning the home runs because it gets me to the other series where Philadelphia's everyday lineup, one through eight anyway, every one of those guys can hit it out. They bang it, and they are, they are killing Arizona. They're killing Arizona. Do you see a yeah. comeback by Arizona? Um, look, the, the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers three in a row the Dodgers, and the Dodgers never led for one second of that series. That's how good the Diamondbacks were. And what they are, Tony, is a young team, young, hungry, aggressive team, athletic team that just goes right at you, takes the extra base, steals base, you know, puts the pressure on the other team. But I think they've met their match now with the Phillies, who do the same thing, but they do it with veteran players, and they come right at you with the long ball. I mean, Tony, Kyle Schwarber hit the first pitch yeah. of the series for yeah. a home run. And then then Bryce Harper celebrated his 31st birthday one batter later with another first pitch homer. Uh, I think there's just too much thunder there for the Phillies and too much experience for the Diamondbacks to go to Arizona now and get back in this thing and bring it back to Philadelphia. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, and what you said before about Texas winning all these games on the road, Philadelphia wins them all at home. Philadelphia is, I think, 5-6-0 and in this series at home. If you count last year against National League teams, they're 11-0 and at home. They have the greatest winning percentage of a home ballpark in the playoffs of all time. It's over 720 now. How do you yeah. account for that? Well, it's the best. I have to be careful if I don't... Uh... I think it's the best outdoor crowd that I've ever seen in all the years that I've covered Me Major too. League Baseball. They lift the them up indoor, more than anybody lifts up any other team. They do. 
They do. Precisely. Now, the indoor crowd at the Metrodome, say, in 87 and 91 in Minnesota, <laughs> it was so loud, it, it gave them an advantage because you couldn't even hear yourself speak to the guy who was sitting right next to you. Believe me, it happened to me in 91. I was there. But this, I agree. Yeah, this yeah. crowd is, is so good. It is so loud. It is so passionate. And this team, and I don't care how corny this sounds, just personifies what Philadelphia is all about. You know, a middle linebacker, Kyle Schwarber is hitting leadoff, and he comes up there and he strikes out 218 times, strikes out, I mean, hits 197, um, and still is an incredibly valuable player for their team. And they just go up there and mash, which is very, very, very much personifies what Philadelphia is all about. Couldn't, I could not agree more. I'll get you out of here on this, but it's long. We lost 300 win teams. And baseball is an everyday sport. You need a fifth starter. You need a second catcher. There's a lot of things you need for 162 games that you do not need for five or seven. Do they have to change this playoff structure? Um, Tony, look, I understand the issues with the playoff structure, and I totally agree. The game is best played when it's played every day. You bet. When you take five or six days off after a major league season ends and you have to stay sharp and not get rusty, that is really difficult to do. So, yes, I think we should, like, start the wild card games on Monday, not Tuesday. And as soon as they're over, we should start the division series. So instead of the Orioles opening on Saturday after finishing on Sunday, maybe they could open up on Thursday and get things going a little bit quicker. Plus, we had two days last week, Tony, of the first week of the playoffs, the Thursday and Friday of the first week of October baseball, and there were no games. No games. No games. Because of the sweeps. And this is the one month where baseball grabs the, the viewer and says, watch us. Well, this is October baseball. And we didn't have two a game two days in a row. And the same thing happened the second week, Friday and Saturday. No games. That's That has to be corrected somehow. I agree completely on that. And, I mean, you know, we could just say yes to each other a thousand times, but it is a daily game. And the team you build to play 162 – is not being asked to play five and seven. I mean, you just, it's rest. I mean, it's like the NFL, for God's sake. You can't have that. Can't have it. Thank you, Tim. Okay, Tony. Thank you. Tim Kirchin. Wonderful. Just a wonderful segment. We'll take a break. We'll come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. He's got your emails and your notes. This is Sean Cherry's debut song. You'll read them for all you folks. Cause it's the mailbag. Yeah, it's the mailbag. Anybody remember the Beatles? Anybody remember the song <laughs> Tax Man? No Subaru. No Subaru. No that won't do. If you went to camp, he might pick you. If you send free stuff, you'll get right through. 
That's great. Thank you, Sean. You want to do that's going to be in my head. <laughs> you want to do the Bethesda bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just Chris the... came over just to get a bagel. That's bag. what I think. That, that's really what the he sort of was. I was just waiting outside. Oh, hey, Tone. Like yeah. Ratso Rizzo <laughs> stuffing his pockets full yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the DC area near you. I'm walking here. <laughs> By the way, nobody I was, remembers that movie. I was told that that was an actual cab driver who blew through the stop signs, and so that was an improv line, you know, of Dustin Hoffman staying in character. Anyways, go to Bethesda Bagels. Dot com for the location nearest you. Pop on in and you'll be thrilled. All right. So before we get to the mailbag, let me just say I had a friend, big baseball player back in high school. He could throw that speed ball by you, make you look like a fool boy. I saw him the other night at this roadside bar. I was walking in. He was walking out. We went back inside, sat down, had a few drinks. But all we kept talking about, glory days. That's Bruce Springsteen. Mm. That's one of the really, really interesting and good songs. Yes. I mean, Bruce Springsteen's done a lot of really good songs, but he does... I don't want to say mood. I, I, I don't want to diminish it in any way. He does songs that you you say to yourself, that that could have happened to me. Right. I sort of understand that. You know, Paul Simon does it on a different intellectual level. It's, yeah. it's more airified and, and brilliant with Paul Simon. But Bruce Springsteen's great gift is common man songs uh, and and it's just wonderful yes it's really just wonderful thanks to our guests today chuck todd tim kirkjian thanks to our sponsors remember you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google play and odyssey if you get the show through apple Podcasts, please leave us a review from rob cooper in kitchener in ontario in canada hi tony my dog a young yellow lab loves a particular brand of liver treats my ex with whom i share custody of the dog that's interesting mm. Hmm. brought him a pumpkin spice flavored variant and he devoured it. I was briefly impressed until I recalled that he also ate a compression sock and routinely eats goose poop in the park. I guess he considers those things equally delicious. From Jonathan Scriven, formerly from Nice and now back in D.C., my son's fantasy football league always has a punishment for the person who finishes dead last. Oh, yeah. Last year they agreed to take the last place finisher um, the last place finisher would have to register for and take the SAT test. <laughs> Love it. Mind you, these are all recent college graduates, so that would be pretty funny. Yeah, they pretty... realized, however, that you can't just take the SAT. You have to prove you're in high school, yada, yada, yada. So they changed the punishment to the following. The loser has to spend 24 straight hours in a Waffle House. But there is one caveat. For every waffle they eat, the number of hours decreases by one. This leads, of course, to this question. Which is worse? Being in a Waffle House for 24 straight hours or eating 24 waffles Ugh. from the Waffle House? I'll hang up and listen. Thoughts? Thoughts? I think I'd try and eat uh, as many waffle, waffles quickly. I mean, I Are they you open eat, all night? I, yes. Oh, yeah, sure. I They're open could, all night? I think oh, yeah. you could eat eight waffles over a... You don't have to do it back period. to back to back. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. but you want to you want to make do a good dent early on. You want to get four down very quickly. Yes. Why are you barking? I well, think it's Nigel's attention. Okay. Uh, from Jacob Hildreth in Cedar Falls, Iowa, I'd like to formally invite you to our wedding taking place on Saturday, October fourteenth. So we missed it yep. in Perry, Iowa. Unfortunately, the woman to whom I will soon be related by marriage prefers that I only invite you and the crew to the reception, but we forgot <laughs> to pay for a bouncer at the door. So feel free to show up whenever. Reginald was originally asked to officiate, but he only responded with a photograph of himself officiating the wedding for Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and oh, a congratulatory, yes. bottle, congratulatory bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Maybe it's for the best that he declined given his track record. Various unreliable sources pinned down the average length of a marriage in the U.S. to eight years. I'd like to get Carvel's opinion as T-Boy hasn't released his numbers yet, but I'll go <laughs> ahead and put my money on the over. 
Thank you all for the years of laughs and entertainment. Please send my regards to Edith Saliza, who is here oh, right now. Regards taken. From uh, Damon in Seattle, Washington. I'm updating my funniest all-time quotes. One, I had a crust in my pocket. <laughs> Two, that virtual reality game, Pong. <laughs> what was Pong? What was Pong? What is virtual reality? Virtual what, am I, what am I missing? Pong is just a basic video game, one of the earliest video games. Yeah. Virtual reality is you put the goggles I've on. I've never put the goggles and on. And then you think you're actually you're like somewhere else. You're in there. Else. You're like no, I've never swinging the golf club. I see that on TV and it looks freakish to yeah. me. Oculus. People yes. look yes. weird when they're, they're in there. From Ashton Wingate in Brooklyn, New York, Chuck and Roxy, episode 209. What are you dressing up for as Halloween? I'm trying to decide between hardware man, worker man, or leader of the store. <laughs> Very funny. From John Lubinsky in Akron, Ohio. Orange? Orange Gatorade? Uh, what was your local Safeway out of Tang? I never liked Tang. T Tang stinks. No. I didn't like it. From Mary Faye Randolph. From Wednesday's discussion, this is like last a couple of Wednesdays ago, I would bet you have never done what Ace and many other stores consider in-store pickup. The practice began during the pandemic. This is when I said they don't they, they advertise that they don't charge you for you know buying something in the store. Come in and purchase that. I don't really understand that. So the customer goes on the store's website and picks out what they want. They place their order to be picked up in an hour or two. You charge the purchases online on your credit or debit card. I know that goes against your cash-only philosophy. Some stores will bring the items out to your car when you text them the pickup parking spot number you're in. Thus, you don't have to interact with others except through your open trunk. Other stores require you to come in to pick it up, therefore shortening your time in the store. So it wouldn't be totally beyond comprehension for the store to charge since one or more employees has to go around and do your shopping. So free in-store pickup was a concession made to customers to keep customers safe during the pandemic. And people liked it so much they wanted the stores to keep doing in-store pickup and stores have obliged. Try it sometime. Of course, you'll need Michael to help. So that is a wonderful explanation. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. Very thorough, but now it's time to get rid of some of those parking lots. You go and half the lot is dedicated towards these, uh, mm -hmm. you know, these trunk pickups. Oh, yeah. Premier parking spots. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't, I don't really understand that. You know, because I, I don't really see people in there doing that anymore. Well, I didn't never saw them to do it to begin with because I don't go anywhere. <laughs> um, from Arlo Ricard uh, in Brighton. Oh, this must be in Victoria. This must be in Canada. Or, or, or Our neighbors to the north. Or Australia, Victoria. Yes. Long time Laura Little from Melbourne, Australia. Oh, there we go. About 24 degrees and sunny right now. Tell Michael. Submitting to you the tone, Mr. Tony Mount Rushmore in no particular order. Joe Namath waving his finger. Willis Reed emerging from the locker room. Springsteen singing Thunder Road and Bill Bradley being Bill Bradley. They're all good. Yeah. <laughs> They're all good. Uh, from John Buchanan in Annapolis, Maryland. Okay, tough guy, Hofwaff. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of British monarchy? George III, Victoria, Elizabeth I, Elizabeth II. That's it. No. That's the list. Nigel. Well, you've got to have Arthur on there, right? King Arthur. King Arthur's Arthur going to be the table. Henry VIII, I think, would be on I that am, list. I am, I am. <laughs> he had that song about him. I <laughs> am, I am. Henry VIII, that's right. From yeah. Carl in Oswego, New York. Upstate. That's upstate. I don't care what they say it is. It's upstate New York. <laughs> I hope you were able to see Saturday's solar eclipse. And I hope you didn't burn out your retinas. It was too cloudy to see the sun here. No, it, it rained. Yeah. We, it rained last week. It no rained. solar eclipse you saw, for us. You saw photos of it, though, right? No, I didn't even bother to see photos. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get one for you. They're cool. This yeah, is a cool. reminder of our last moon lesson. Anytime there's a solar eclipse, there will also be a lunar eclipse either two weeks before or two weeks after because the sun and the moon are aligned to us just right. So on October 28th, which is coming up, 
there will be a lunar eclipse on the other side of the world. We might get to see the last 30 minutes or so of it as the sun sets and the moon rises. This cycle of eclipses happens twice per year somewhere in the world. The next solar eclipse on April 8th will pass directly through Oswego. Most of the hotels are already sold out. Hmm. But if you need a place to stay, let me know. We'll work something out. I'm sure you have a lot of merchandise that you don't want and could trade for room and board. Speaking of solar and lunar things, my friend Arthur Mason told me this joke yesterday. It's very, very late at night. It may even be early in the morning. And two drunks are standing on a corner, and they're totally inebriated. And one looks up in the sky and says, is that the sun or the moon? And the other guy says, I don't know. I don't live around here. (laughs) (laughs) You're out on your bike tonight. Everyone, as always, do wear white. Yo, Chris, what's going on, man? I'm going to show you nothing but love. The worst. Uh, It's your guy, Eric Devendorf. (laughs) Your guy. They say just once in life You find someone that's right But the world looks so confused I can't tell false from true
Come 